0: Thank you. Welcome to a very trippy episode of Cursed Objects, a podcast all about cultural history, politics and tat. I'm historian and groovy chick... (laughs) Oh
1: my god. <laughs> t- <laughs> I was about to ask if you were feeling it yet, but I don't need to.
0: Dr. To Cassidy, and as ever, I'm joined by my co-host.
1: I'm Dan Hancock's journalist, author, and I am literally an acid communist.
0: <laughs> Phenomenal. Great. I mean, I
1: mean maybe I'm not, but we'll go into that later. It was a reference to an Ash Sarkar thing. Never mind. I'm glad that How are you doing uh, I'm glad that joke?
0: an acid communist is in the room. Is an yeah. acid communist in the room with us here? <laughs> Um, (laughs) Yeah, today's going to be quite a silly episode. Um, We're recording, it's very warm.
1: It's quite late on a Friday, we've had a couple of drinks, that's all just regular regular alcoholic drinks, drinks the sort of acceptable intoxicants. Although
0: we will get into actually how in the 19th century alcohol was actually considered as bad as many drugs, many of which were sold over the counter. Sorry, everyone, if you hadn't guessed, <laughs> we're talking about psychedelics specifically, but I think drugs more generally yeah. Um, in this episode. And I kind of wanted us to touch on this mainly because it's something that we haven't quite touched on before, but it's so cursed the the discourse around drugs mm-hmm. the use of drugs mm-hmm. l- the ups the downs the highs the lows there's so many there's different it, yeah, yeah so many different paths to go down one thing that i uh kind of found while researching this episode is like the super long history of drug use and i think often we kind of like distill it down to like modern period so we kind of talk about the war on drugs which we are going to talk about today Mm -hmm. but we kind of talk about or we talk about the 1960s cultural cultural kind of counter-cultural movement again something that we will touch on but i also want to think about the longer histories of kind of like how drugs were used who drugs were used by because i think that that really sets actually a bit of the story that we don't always get we kind of get Mm. this we get this kind of shorn-off story. This kind of it starts in the sixties and goes on from there. But like, yeah. what, what came before?
1: You could be forgiven for thinking that it was invented just after sex in 1963. Yes, right? you know, yes. or basically yes. 1965, drugs were invented. Exactly, hot on the hills of exactly. sex. Exactly. Prior to exactly. that, everyone was extremely chaste and extremely sober. Apart from maybe like with booze, like the yeah, gin craze, yeah. I feel is widely known. But All why those... do we never talk about medieval dance manias, which yeah. were almost certainly kind of uh, propelled by like an intoxicating kind of deeply psychedelic trance inducing uh, plant of some kind in medieval Germany? Right?
0: There is also, can I just say, there is a fascinating uh, history of magic mushrooms where in the so magic mushrooms started really coming to fruition culturally kind of in the 1960s. But there, as a result of that kind of moment mm. where people kind of um isolate scientifically, thinking about psilocybin and all of the all of the compounds.
1: Is that one of the active ingredients in in, in, in magic mushrooms, right, right, yeah. yeah.
0: What is so fascinating to me is that from the nineteen sixties onwards, people started to almost like recreate a history that was quote unquote lost, but actually hadn't existed really for a very long time. If you if How do you, you mean what were they okay. recreating? As in okay, so, so if you were in the, I don't know, like 19th century or whatever, and you mm-hmm. make us you go out and you pick some mushrooms and you pick mushrooms. Um, for a stew and you make the stew and then you start hallucinating you're not going this is a this is a good time you're going oh no I've poisoned myself I'm gonna die right so mm-hmm. all of the distortions that happen around magic mushrooms um there is a there was a actually a lot of um a lot of worry right about like picking because often mushrooms are fatal right so in this 1960s moment when people are like discovering like actually kind of like compounded, like created drugs, like LSD and whatever, that are created from like compounds.
1: But by, like by men, basically, by, men. by yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and women, yeah. but probably, you know, ma- they are man-made it's fascinating. as opposed to uh, yeah. picked from the ground.
0: Exactly, but it's fascinating to me that around that time, that's when a kind of popular interest around magic mushrooms starts to happen. And then people start going, oh, like I bet we have this ancient tradition in the I West see. of magic mushrooms. But I just think it's really fascinating because I think that there's a bit of a sense of invented tradition is what it, I'm getting right, at here. Okay, this idea yeah, yeah, that yeah. like the 1960s happens and then people go instead of because in the 19th century, there was a lot of looking towards um, what was the East or the Orient. A lot of like experimentation with drugs is mm-hmm. informed by like Arabian Nights and stuff like that. Hashish from Arabian Nights and all this kind of stuff. Or oh, indeed,
1: so, indeed, in the Beatles' case, you know, Indian gurus as well. Exactly.
0: No, no, no. But specifically, 19th century, mm. there is this kind of like looking to the oh, east. Oh, I see. Right? Yeah, yeah, understood. And yeah. In that 1960s moment, there's something really interesting where I think there's a bit of invented cultural tradition going on where people go, yeah. We've always picked magic mushrooms in these parts. And, and like, dried them and cultivated and, them in yeah, this street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying small communities might not have done that, mm. but it wasn't like a, a mass, mass global, cu- mass, mass culture, I guess. I mean, there because... wasn't a
1: pop culture to go with it as exactly. well. Exactly. But there's an interesting temporal question, and you know we love temporal questions uh, on Cursed Objects, don't we? <laughs> just given a sigh of, of, of joy. Um, <laughs> it, it, is that, like, um, if you like the experience as i understand it you know without having done done any of these things the experience of a sort of lysergic or like which is the l from lsd or a a, a trippy psycho um psychedelic experience is something that lifts you out of the present moment Mm. and makes you part of a continuum that is something bigger than all of us man you know that sort of that sort of notion that stoner notion that like that, you know, the drones of kind of particularly late capitalist, post-war mm. work culture uh, could never understand something that has put you in, co- in contact sort of transcendentally almost with the ancients yeah. uh, and with people across human history. It uh, opens
0: doors in your mind, man. Right. You wouldn't understand. And that
1: door goes to like... <laughs> 1322 yeah. when like a farmer ah. called bernard in germany has uh has also i don't know it's been like having a, a rave or hosting a rave in a field i, I suddenly mean he
0: picked some mushrooms and then was very worried yeah for well the thing
1: is you know you you've raised the interesting question of whether people picked magic mushrooms deliberately mm. at any point um and the dance manias thing that i alluded to like these were genuine, weird and fascinating phenomena, which is are best described in my sort of experience in Barbara Ehrenreich's brilliant book, basically my favourite book of all time, Dancing in the Streets, A History of Collective Joy. Cannot recommend it enough. It's a history of public festivity. It is the book that, you know, if you could pick a book from mm. the existence of books forever that you had written, I would be that one. Like, I love it. Um, and it wasn't definitely magic mushrooms or some sort of hallucinogenic plant that made people... Uh, enter these da- trance-like states where they dance for mm. days on end until they dropped down, in some cases dead, but often just unconscious from exhaustion after literally three days of continuous dancing. Um, there are other theories, mm. um, but one of the major ones is you know was there a particular type of plant? I can't remember what kind it was that that you know abounded in this particular region of Germany, this particular region of France when this stuff popped off. In, uh, in the, I don't know, 14th century, I think it was. Uh, we don't know, but like mm. there are some sort of, like there are some records from that time of those dance manias that suggest that it can't all have been an accident mm. if it w- that was mm-hmm. what prompted mm-hmm.
0: it. I just, no, no, I mean.
1: I know you weren't I guess, saying it.
0: No, 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 I guess, <laughs> I guess one of the things that I find fascinating is not that a varied use of herbs and plants have been used to kind of create hallucinations or you know a kind of altered altered mental state right mm-hmm. like you know me i love polish herbal tea more than more than the next person <laughs> yeah much much, <laughs> much more than, yeah. much more than the next Substantially person more, yeah. um It's not about altering, I think, the mental state. I I guess what I was just getting at there is that it's fascinating to me that in the 1960s, there is a reclaiming of that Mm, as kind of mm. like, we're not just looking elsewhere for our kind of like drugs or our kind of drug experiences. We're looking elsewhere, but we're also looking internally into our own cultures around drugs,
1: um, which I just think
0: is, I, I think is, anyway... We've done this, as we usually do when we get really excited about a subject, which is we're quite a way in and we haven't even discussed oh, the yeah. object yet.
1: Yeah, This is a podcast called Cursed Objects, yeah. in which every episode we take it in turns to bring in an object. And uh, you probably know that by now, but um, we've forgotten. So <laughs> thanks for remembering, Kasha. What is this week's Cursed Object that you brought in?
0: OK, so I guess... Um, I don't know whether it's the algorithms, the Instagram algorithms that are fucking me up <laughs> or what, Fuck me right? up, Instagram. Uh, fuck me up. But but I, I keep getting a lot of like magic mushroom merch on my Instagram. Amazing. I know it's such a weird thing, like because I would have thought that that kind of merch like, you know, the kind of psychedelic trippy mushrooms would have died when, like, Camden Market died. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's very kind of, like, Camden Market, trance 90s moment. Like, I remember being a kid and walking through Camden Market, literally as a child, with my cousin and being like, why are those market stalls selling mushrooms? And she was like, "Oh, um, well, people use them um, as drugs, basically, to change their mental state." And I was like, "So why?" They were
1: allowed to sell them.
0: They sold no them. No way. Because there was a loophole where, if the magic uh, mushrooms were fresh, uh, they yeah. weren't. They weren't <laughs> illegal. You just had to dry them. They were. Them dry, at home. Oh, they right. were. Yeah. I remember that from my childhood of being like, "This is bonkers." And they like, closed just...
1: that loophole at some point in the two yeah. thousands, right? Yeah, I do yeah, vaguely yeah, remember yeah. that. Yeah. And.
0: You know, I kind of like that 90s moment I associate with these kind of like day glow, magic mushroom, kind of like wall hangings.
1: I mean, it's very just Camden through the yeah, ages. Yeah, but as you yeah. say, Camden has been kind of that market culture, which yeah. is very alternative rock. Mm. Sorry, associated with alternative rock long hair yeah psytrance because you know please see our uh cyber dog episode for more on camden's terrible subcultures yeah um yeah a bit unfair that, but no it was it was a fun episode but then also like a very kind of white hippie culture exactly white guys with dreads like yeah or like punks goths and metalers with like long sleeve black tees over the tips of their fingers Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. we've all been there like that um that was very i can attest as someone who's been older than you like that was very very much what camden was like in the 90s ironically there were also actual drug dealers dealing things that were illegal (laughs) uh, on the streets around that time quite like a lot like they just seem they almost seem to be like that episode of The Wire hamsterdam where it was like, has this? Have they just decriminalized this whole zone? Because like mm. there were just people walking up and down, being like, "Hello, do you want any drugs?" drugs you know. yeah, yeah. By yeah. like yeah. opening their jackets, like, yeah. "Da da, I've got a my, whole range of drugs on me inside of my coat."
0: Exactly. My cousin used to always say that Camden was run by tourists in the day and drug dealers <laughs> That's and it very was like funny. you know that kind of it, like yeah. It There's was, a
1: changing of the guard that yeah, occurs yeah, at yeah, around yeah. six PM every <laughs> a day. salute, yeah. <laughs> <A> salute exactly. <laughs> And the like, te- the like groups of like French teenagers all wearing the same rucksack, so they could be identified, and then the drug dealers coming in. But um, yeah,
0: I kind of so basically the nineties are
1: back. I knew. Sorry, let well, me say that. Well, yeah, that's why.
0: Yeah, and I and I kind of thought that like doing a kind of cyber doggy, um, like I don't know, wall hanging might be a bit on the nose here because okay, <laughs> you know, we can discuss about how the nineties is back, and we. And we did discuss that in our friends episode. So mm. I kind of don't want to go down that route. Yeah, yeah. Something I find fascinating in the current moment and the object um, that I'm going to be looking at, I was looking. So after all of this barrage of, of magic mushroom merch, which I was suddenly like, why is this everywhere?
1: Which you're being advertised on Instagram all the time. Yeah. yeah.
0: But then I went onto Urban Outfitters. I went onto the Urban Outfitters website. And if you type in mushroom, There are so many, so many things that come up from cutesy mushrooms that are like, just like cute, kind of almost like, is the character Yoshi? No, the character is, there's, um, what's the character in Mario Kart?
1: Oh, yeah, Yoshi.
0: No, Toad. Oh, right. Sorry.
1: The one that's like a mushroom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just like Yoshi Yes is also a, yeah. Another
0: one. It's like a dinosaur <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I think they're kind of like cutesy, like lights or whatever, like little cute mushrooms. Okay, cool. But there's also, as in today's Cursed Objects that I speak at, <laughs> that we start getting to cool. however many minutes into this episode. It's a T-shirt. Urban Outfitters Blue Mushroom Trip T-shirt. And the front of it just says... Happy hour trip out and it's got like a butterfly and like some kind of like mushrooms that like look like they're quite long in the stalk and Mm. they look kind of psychedelic in character. They are it's on like a blue background. And then on the back, there's kind of like quite a trippy motif, Mm -hmm. kind of like naturey, lots of mushrooms that says happy hour trip out again. And there's like a little description at the bottom, mushroom or toadstool is the fleshy, spore-bearing, fruiting body of a fungus, typically produced above ground on soil. And I mean, that's basically
1: a dictionary definition on the T-shirt, which is is quite a weird and funny thing. Does it also say something about tripping? Can you scroll up to the top of the Mm. image? It says trip out on your mind, in your yeah. mind.
0: Open your mind.
1: Open your mind.
0: Open your mind, which is part of this discourse. A big,
1: big part of it, yeah. I just
0: found this fascinating because I was like, okay, I feel like we're living in a moment of contradictions, right? So our government's drug policy could not be more punitive. Just recently, we were discussing this earlier about like the U-turn on drug testing at festivals, or at least the encouragement of drug testing at festivals. And to be clear,
1: that is like, as in testing... People's drugs, not arresting them, and checking they are safe and won't kill them. That's not like, do we send in police dogs to test, to see if people have taken drugs or own drugs. This is about protecting festival goers, ordinary people, on the basis that, and this probably doesn't need explaining explaining to you very, you know, culturally literate, politically literate, Cursed Objects listeners, but it does drive me fucking crazy. Like, people die from taking drugs because they will take drugs whatever happens. Yeah including illegal ones, progressive countries like, like Holland, or I mean, I can't believe we are outstripped by the United States at this point mm. on like a matter of social policy, mm. but we are, mm. like, it is the most backwards thing imaginable, our our, our political discourse around drugs, mm. Keir Starmer is every bit as bad, like the Labour Party have always pretty much been as bad uh, as the Conservatives on this occasionally the Lib Dems or the Greens might dip their toe in the water and say, maybe we should decriminalise this stuff, maybe a little mm. bit, and then they get like shouted down by our fucking tabloids, it is a really good example of how our political discourse works and is policed and patrolled by right-wing tabloids owned by millionaires who, you know, probably... You know, or, and obviously, it's an obvious thing to say, but so many of those Conservative or Labour MPs, so many of those... Right-wing journalists take drugs every week. Like, yeah. of course they do. Absolutely. Like, everyone is locked in this, like, pretense that, like, seems we like can't upset from the, we from can't the upset 1960s, the Telegraph. 50s or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's outrageous. Sorry, it's like, I cut you off that no, idea. No, no. no. Just so angry. Because it's like, because <laughs> yeah. it, it costs lives.
0: Yeah, it does. And it's people just like, die. everyone is
1: just pretending a thing doesn't exist that yeah. obviously exists.
0: Yeah, and, and, yeah, putting so many people at risk and in danger mm-hmm. just because of... Uh, like I don't know, vote winners with the fucking Telegraph or Daily yeah, Mail—absolutely yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. But I kind of saw this discourse. Well, you see this discourse every day, right? But then at the same time, you've got Prince Harry talking about how um, he took ayahuasca to get over, get over. Did he? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, to get over Diana's, wow. like Diana's murder, Diana's death, yeah, right? yeah. You've got. Uh, Mike Tyson going on the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, but a lot of people do listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. And a lot of people are listening to him going, I took these like, you know, psychoactive drugs and like, you know, psychedelics. And now I'm Mm. a changed person. I was a dickhead before. I'm different now. So you see all of these kind of cultural um, markers, right? These cultural cultural signposts, but also these fucking, these t-shirts that are are selling in urban outfits. So you have all of this really like, cultural um, commentary. You've got, like, articles that are all about, like, how I microdose to get through yeah. my day. You have really or, well... Or to
1: get through my depression. Like, yeah, to get like, through yeah, my depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have really
0: well-founded articles based on, like, quite a lot of research into, like, for example, the experiences of, like, uh, black men's experiences mm. with trauma, for example, racial trauma, and how, like, psychedelics can, like, really change their experiences oh, of racial trauma and, like, you know, help help basically to overcome those those really those, like, micro and actual, like, not micro, macro, like, physical violence and aggressions that exist in society. So you've got that, but then you've also got the government policy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so where does this T-shirt, this this urban outfit as T-shirt, situate? Where does it situate within those debates? What mm-hmm. is it doing? That's the definition of a cursed object, right? To show and illuminate the cultural and social worlds that surround yeah, it, yeah. right? And this object, I mean... It was hard to pick, to be honest, from the website. There is a fascinating book on there. Uh, it's a Kew Gardens book, actually, on Urban Outfits. Called, as in
1: it's published by Kew Gardens?
0: As in it's published by Kew Gardens called The Magic of Mushrooms, Fungi and Folklore, Superstition and Traditional Medicine.
1: And, and, <laughs> no way. And I'm not,
0: I'm not My saying... mum's a
1: member of <laughs> Kew Gardens. That is the yeah. That is the typical... like. You know, right. So like how much more culturally audience.
0: accepted can it be Of cute Gardens yeah, is coming out with a book called The Magic of Mushrooms and it's being sold in urban outfits, which is, let's be honest, our kind of almost like modern day habitat for a particular generation. It's habitat, it's
1: habitat for like, yeah, for... Like 20-something. 16 to 26 or something exactly. who have a bit of money. Like yeah. it's not cheap either, well, is it?
0: Hi everyone, it's Kasia here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cursed Objects. If you want the full episode please support our Patreon. For as little as £4 a month, you can get little goodies like stickers and Dan and I will be immensely, immensely grateful. Thanks so much. Bye.